Hello, everybody! My name is Tim Daniel, and welcome to another fantastic edition of Late Night Reds Talk here on the Riverfront. It's Sunday night. It's just yours truly running solo tonight, going the complete game. Uh, but we're going to get into a lot of Reds talk this week because, oof, boy, is there a lot of Reds talk. And, um, well, pretty frustrated. You know, you came in here, you hang out with me on Sunday nights, right? I'm normally here to have some fun, talk about the week that was, preview what's coming up, talk about little things here and there, some topics, discussions. Uh, but this week was irritating, was really, really irritating as a Reds fan. Uh, one in five is one thing, you know, losing in Colorado, the way Hunter, you know, the, the game Hunter Green had, that happens. Uh, the rest of the week, though, let's let's just look at it and let's get into a few things. So. Obviously, Monday, you know, it's your typical Colorado Rockies game at Coors Field, 9-8 loss. Uh, Hunter does give up the six runs. You know, that happens. Uh, I thought, he, you know, it's an outlier, you know, obviously to how guys pitch for, uh, from here on out. You hear Sadek talk about that on the broadcast this week. Um, and Tuesday, I think Brandon Williamson looked really good. Nixon Zell homers, they win 3-1. Wednesday is just was an ultimate, ultimate WTF loss. They're up 5 nothing. Uh, Luke Maley goes deep, you know, and then they, they lose 11 to six. David Bell leaves uh, Graham Ashcraft in for an inning too long. We can tell he just doesn't have it, uh, you know, which sucks because it's what you expect from him. Uh, but that kind of happened. And then comes the Yankees series. So Friday I was in the ballpark. It was really, really fun. And, uh, you know, I thought it was a really good game until, Silvino Bracho comes in, you know, they lose six to two Aaron judge homers in the first inning, which was, you know, the most predictable thing of all time. I'm sure uh, they're down three, nothing at one point, And then they right, they come right back and they score two runs. They get back in the game. Jake Freely has that really, really nice double. And it looks like things should be okay. Again, they're fighting. And then, yeah, it goes right back to uh, we bring in Silvino Bracho in a high 10 situation here and um i'm just gonna go ahead and pull up the box score again real quick just to make sure uh i am still correct and that alexis diaz and lucas sims did not pitch in that game let me just make sure i'm not crazy folks because let's be real that can happen uh no oh would you look at that uh no they didn't actually huh so after Ben Lively gets taken out, Ian Jibo comes in. Rizzo bought his a bomb off him. You know, again, that happens. Alex Young throws an inning. And then you bring in Silvino Bracho, who has two-thirds of an inning, only one run, three walks, and three earned runs. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but uh, Silvino Bracho is not Lucas Sims. And then we bring in to get the last out of the game. Um old Mr. Bushinich, Alan Bushinich, who uh, has thrown one inning and two outings so far for the Reds this year. And, you know, I think the bullpen's been really good all year. They've definitely performed much better than anticipated. But the way that game was, yes, Pat, that, you know, never recovered mentally going back to that Colorado game. Um, but just unbelievable. Just weirdest usage of the bullpen possible. And, like, you know, like I said, this is a bullpen who's pitched pretty well. A lot better than a lot of us anticipated, right? And then all of a sudden, we're bringing in Silvino Bracho. Not Lucas Sims. Not Alexis Diaz. I don't give... This is why the closer thing. So, 
We're going to be calm. We're going to be calm, guys. Uh, we're going to be calm. I've been waiting all weekend to talk about this. Look, no one's going to be going to fault you for getting swept by the Yankees. I know they're, you know, seven games out of the first place in the East or something like that, but they're still pretty damn good. It's uh, Saturday. Whoo, Saturday. Oh, man. I, whew. God, that what a game that was. So you lose seven to four. You have a four one lead. Luke Weaver pitched pretty well. You know, let's kind of let's kind of get benefit where benefits do there. Um, he was hitting his spots. You know, he was doing a really good job. Uh, you know, and then of course the game kind of gets away from there in the fifth. They bring in Alex Young. He kind of takes it, holds it off from there. Four four game at this point. You know, anything's possible. Buck Farber comes in. Throws a really good inning in two thirds. Really good inning in two thirds. You're like, all right, cool, all right, but we can't scrape across any runs. Lucas Sims comes in, throws an egg in a third. He's really good. Couldn't he have been good yesterday? Couldn't he? Couldn't he have been good the day before? No, he was good today. It was good Saturday. It was good Saturday for sure. Alexis Diaz comes in, and you're bringing Ian Jabot again. And let's just go through this thing because you know, obviously, there's the ghost runner rule, the controversy of is it good, is it bad? Um. You know you're facing Aaron Judge with the go-ahead run on second base, right? Just walk him. Just walk him. I get Rizzo's coming up next. And I know Rizzo hits a bomb in the next at bat. Anything's possible there. But if I'm not going to freaking let Aaron Judge beat me. And that's what they did. You know, Jabot throws him. Wasn't like it was necessarily a well-executed pitch either. It was just perfectly put for Aaron Judge to knock in the game, wanting to go ahead run. Um, and then, of course, they're doomed on the next at bat. But just, you know, this is where I've never been pro. I've never been anti-David Bell. You know, if you've listened to the show for three years now, uh, this is going to be, you know, something where I've I've been pretty much a proponent of David Bell. Let's call it what it is. I've been pretty... I've given him the benefit of the doubt way too many times, but how he managed the Rockies game on Wednesday and how he managed this game were brutal. Were absolutely brutal. Uh, they were terrible. Um, you know, I get Jabot just gave up the home run the night before to Rizzo and you were really sure, but don't, you know, you're getting like the way he's throwing Aaron judge. You're not out there like, Oh, let's, let's go ahead and just not pitch to this guy. Let's go ahead and let him on base. Um, and I get it. I get it. Like I said, I know. Anthony Rizzo hits homer in the next inning. I mean, next at bat. People might disagree with me, but that was terrible. That was terrible. Um, two for eight with runners in scoring position. You leave seven on base. You lose by three runs. I mean, that kind of that's kind of brutal there. Uh, Luke Maley hits another home run. By the way, we're gonna talk about Luke Maley a little later in the show. Uh, Pat Magooch says he'll never listen to the damn Yankees ever again. I agree. Uh, he said the ghost run rules also sketchy in his backyard playing wiffle ball as a kid. Also, totally agree with that. Dude needs to jabot back to Louisville. That's pretty funny. All right. Uh, and let's talk about today. Um, you know, I know Hunter Green's had his ups and downs through this year, but I thought for the most part he was awesome today. Uh, does go out for the seventh inning, you know, gets 10 strikeouts today. I know he gives up four runs. I know he has three walks, but we've seen him have these issues in the second inning. He gets through that pretty well. I thought he was really good there. JP, hold that thought, JP. JP says in the group, in the chat, 
Luke Maley over Tyler Stevenson. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that, JP. We're going to talk. We're going to talk about both guys a little later in the show. Um, but you know, today I thought Hunter threw the ball really well. A uh, couple mistake pitches, obviously. You know, the Gleber Torres homer was a pretty brutal pitch, and then uh, everything kind of happened from there as well. The Harrison Bader home run. You know, you got to you got to know better than to throw that there after what you've seen from him do against you in St. Louis all this time. But offensively today, <laughs> yowza, folks, yowza. So six hits, one run. Spencer Steer, though, two really good at bats. Um, obviously, there's the controversy that Aaron Boone gets ejected in the first inning, which, you know, if you're Aaron Boone, be smarter, be smarter. It was happy to, it was great to see you back in the stadium. But, you know, and I get why, you know, you're upset, but we don't need John Boy getting in here and like doing all this stuff that he did either about this game either. But, you know, let's get back to David Bell in this game. Um, why is Stuart Fairchild playing today over Jose Barrero? What benefit is Fairchild giving you here? Like, is it because he's actually an outfielder and you just threw Barrero out there to see what can happen? Uh, call me crazy. I thought Barrera played some decent center field these two first, those first two games in New York. And we're at the point where Nick Senzel has basically earned being the third baseman. I know he's struggling right now at the plate as well. We're going to probably get into that. But big picture, I think you got to be happy with what Senzel's done so far. Uh, oh, JP, you are right. Why is this man not playing in center field? Glow needs to be in center field every day until we make a decision on who's coming up to play that role. All right. All right. And look, this isn't a good anti Stuart Fairchild. He got a hit today. You know, he also got picked off and that was a hell of a tag by Anthony Rizzo. I can't, I can't be mad about that. It's pretty impressive. But in a day where Hunter Green probably pitched the best he's pitched all year, had no offense to support him. They said something during the broadcast. Someone can correct me if I don't have this fully correct, but um, I think they said Hunter Green's gotten the least amount of run support of any pitcher in the league this year. And it shows. It certainly shows. Uh, you know, if we talk about the outlier of Colorado for pitchers, it's definitely an outlier of the Reds' offense. But I just thought that the way David Bell managed a few of these games, look, he got ejected twice, and it's like, you just wanted to go home early today, dude. You knew you guys weren't winning. You knew you weren't hot getting some spark in when you get ejected today. Um, and again, like I said earlier, no one's going to fault you for getting swept by the Yankees. They're they're a really good ball club. They're 29-20 for a reason. They have the American League MVP. Um, they're, you know, but how you played in these games how you blow this ending, how you let the Yankee fans come in the GABP and freaking be louder than you. Um, and I know that's a whole different story, but they look defeated. They look defeated. You know, once the Yankees took the lead, it looked like they just quit. And that's not what you've seen from this team. This team's fought all year. This team has seriously like done everything possible, being every at bat, being every game. If they're down six or seven runs, they're still fighting. They're still chipping away. And, you didn't see that today. Um, that was really frustrating. Uh, real quick, 
shout out the Peacock broadcast with Todd Frazier, Barry Larkin, and crew. Um, would far, far much rather watch the Apple TV broadcast. I mean, the uh, Peacock broadcast and the Apple TV broadcast. I thought it was really good. I am all for 11:30 a.m. games on a Sunday. That ruled. Um, Armed Forces hats was not a fan of. I don't know how you guys felt about it. Let me know in the comments. We'll talk about it. Um, but just a really irritating weekend. And I'm not going to keep harping on this before we get to the next topics, but you knew what the season was going to be, right? We knew we'd have days like this. We knew that there was going to be ups and downs. We knew it was going to be disappointing sometimes. We knew it was going to be exciting at times. For the most part, we're, what, 46 games of the season? They've been really fun. I know they're 19 and 27, uh, but you're seeing like all these guys who are blossoming, all these guys who are really showing what they can be in the major leagues, and you're seeing all this young talent that gets you so excited. This weekend sucked. This weekend was really disappointing. Um, you know, I, again, I've said it 14 times already now. Like, it's the Yankees. I get it. They're talented and they're really good, and they got their they got their ace back today. But the way that they just were managed this weekend and the way they use some of their bullpen decisions. And look, I like Ian Jabot. I thought Ian Jabot's pitched pretty well this year, but two days in a row, you just knew Anthony Rizzo was going to take him deep. And he did just that. And his decisions where he's putting balls and for love of God, do not pitch to Aaron judge when the go ahead runs in scoring position. <sighs> Let's talk about Matt McClain. So Matt McClain, at least, you know, I know the bat the batting average says after today. I'm not worried about that right now. What I saw from Matt McClain this week was a big league shortstop. He played the position really well defensively. He bat on his at bats. I know he had three. He did the three walks this week. I know he had ten strikeouts. You suspect some of that from the guy in his first week in the big leagues, right? But the dude battled. He was in a lot of full counts this week. Uh, this is going to be one of those things where you're going to see these days up and down. You know, we said there'll be days like this, but. I think Matt McClain has completely looked the part of a big league shortstop. Uh, I think he's been a really, really good player. You're seeing him batting second in the order behind Jonathan India today above Jake Fraley and Spencer Steer. That's, you know, a lot of talent right there. Um, the way he works pitches, the way he attacks shortstop uh, when the ball's in the end on the ground. I was really, really pleased with him. I thought that he was a lot of fun to watch. Um, I can't wait to see more of him. you know, there was the Selly game where he's not playing on Wednesday. <sighs> Another managerial decision that I'm trying to figure out. Um, this isn't the shit on David Bell episode. And sorry for my language. That was unintentional. Um, but there are a lot of David Bell frustrations coming out right now that I don't understand. And look, I know that's not me. And I'm not trying to like make this new rendition of, a, of Tim Daniel. But this was an irritating week. It was a lot of his decisions that really drove me crazy to watch him play. Um, like not playing Matt McClain in his third big day in the big leagues in Colorado on a getaway day. Uh, and your team loses by five runs. I'm not saying he would have made all five runs up, but he probably would have helped a little more. Um, <sighs> Matt McClain's really good, guys. And I think we should be really excited he's here. And I know we're going to get to Ellie. We're going to talk about all these guys. Ellie had a 465-foot homer today, guys. 465. You know what I mean? So a lot to be excited about there, but 
Yeah, overall, what do you guys think? Anyone have any thoughts they want to discuss in the group tonight? You know, their thoughts on McLean his first week. I'd love to hear them. Uh, let's kind of move on real quick, though. Uh, for a real quick chat. So Pat Magooch did make mention in the chat that the Reds did draft Philip Irvin a couple spots for the Yankees draft at Aaron Judge. So um, that's that's pain right there. That's pain. And the baseball draft's a crapshoot. I get it, but that's pain. Um, let's talk about Tyler Stevenson. So I'm going to preface this conversation by saying I have not given up hope in Tyler Stevenson. I think this is just a snag. I think he's, you know, his majority time of the baseball of his time in the big leagues. I think he's looked really good. Thanks, Chad. I am rocking the city gear tonight. I, I really like it. Um, the hat really grew on me after I saw it in person. Um, but Tyler Stevenson's last 15 games have definitely been frustrating as a fan. So his last 15 games, he's got a slash and have 208, 300, 340, two homers, five runs batted in, six runs scored, seven walks, and 20 strikeouts. Now, we've talked about Tyler Stevenson's inability to show power basically since he's been in the majors. Um, but since he's been in the majors, he's always shown the ability to hit. And these last 15 games have been frustrating because – we know he's better than this, right? We know he's better than 11 for his last 53. And there's this whole game plan around moving him around. He's going to catch some days. He's going to DH some days. He's going to play first base some days. If he's not hitting, who cares? And we know that he's not the best defensive catcher out there. I'm fine with that, you know? But this is not what they need from him. This is supposed to be a guy that grows. And I know last year was a very small sample size. But he was great. He was absolutely great when he was on the field. He played really well. So this, this has been really, really disappointing. Uh, he's probably been the most disappointing player on the roster for me this year. And I think he's going to be better. I think he's going to get around it. But this is frustrating because you know what he can do. Um, you know, but yes, you know, like we said, we are talking about a guy like Chad mentioned in the chat. This is a guy who's had 175 plate appearances this season. It's we're not even the June yet. Uh, so I suspect we'll see better from him. Uh, I'm not excited going having this conversation to panic. We are pointing out though, this does need to get better, and I do think it will. This brings us to one of his backups. Whew, I'm flying through this episode. You guys need to give me more topics of conversation. Luke Bailey. We're talking about 175 plate appearances for. Tyler Stevenson, how about like 60 for Luke Maley and coming to this conclusion? <laughs> Should Luke Maley get more at-bats for this team this year? Now, you know, we know the three-catcher thing. We've talked about this. Maybe it wasn't the best idea. I like the idea, and so far it hasn't played out the way we all thought it would, but uh, Luke Maley has 42 at-bats this year. Again, we are going small sample size, but... In those 42 at-bats this year, he has a slash line of 286, 348, 548, with three home runs, five RBI, six runs scored. Um, And look, he's a really good defensive catcher. He's still a base today, guys. He's still a base. Did you see the jump he got on that, by the way? He wasn't getting caught no matter what. That was a really nice jump there to get that steal. Um. You know, obviously he's a local kid, so everyone's going to pull for him. I, I would not be against if he's the backup catcher again for the 2024 Cincinnati Reds, but that's way down the road. We're talking at this moment. But 
you know, with Kirk Sally coming in, with having Tyler Stevenson, we talked about Stevenson's struggles. Kirk Sally necessarily also hasn't been knocking the, you know, hitting the ball everywhere we thought he would, like he did in his first tenure with the Reds. Uh, hell, the way he did with the Giants uh, before he went to Seattle. But I think Luke Maley has definitely earned the right. One, he's the best defensive catcher of the three. And two, he's hitting the ball pretty well. If you're going to do this thing where Stevenson's going to DH, it's been, you know, you've got Spencer Steer there where he can give him an off day at first base. Um, at this point, I don't want to see Will Myers play first base. I don't know if I want to see Will Myers necessarily in the lineup all the time um, until he gets those bats going again. But that doesn't feel like it's coming and coming any closer. Um, so maybe I'm wild here. Maybe we're just kind of acknowledging things going on. But I'm all for giving Luke Maley a few more at bats to see if this is going to be something he can keep doing. Uh, you know, it's one thing we're talking about. I get it. We're talking about 42 at bats here. Not even talking about all his plate appearances. So let me pull that up real quick, actually, while I'm going through this conversation, because I'm now curious. So on the season, that 896 OPS obviously would have been his career high. Um, but this year as well, he also has drawn how many walks? Three walks. Okay, you know, that's what, so he does have 13 strikeouts. So, but he's putting the ball in play, you know, most of the time. And you got to like that. Also, can we just mention he had a stolen base today, guys? He had a stolen base. Like, let's just kind of make mention that our third string catcher stole a base today. Pretty cool. All right. Let's see what else we got on the docket here because I had one. Oh, Okay, I'm going to preface this one again with if you've been on social media this week, you've seen some uh, analysts, not to name any names, uh, Mad Dog and uh, Rob Parker say some really dumb things about our hero and our legend, right? This has been conversation. We've all been kind of hearing it. it's been going around um, where Brian Kenny of MLB Network has been fighting the good fight. Shout out Brian Kenny. You have an open invitation to be on late night reds anytime uh, or the riverfront. Chad's here. I think he'll just give me the thumbs up on that, that I, that I gave him that invitation. I don't think he'd be anti that by any means, but for some reason or another, the conversation this week has been going around social media is discussing Joey Votto's hall of fame legitimacy. And I decided to kind of go more deep into this. So, Mad Dog goes on the route of saying Joey Votto's not a Hall of Famer strictly because of his batting average. Rob Parker follows this up by saying, well, if I have a runner on second and third, why is he not swinging away? Why is he taking a walk? Folks, you're in this room. You're on this chat. You're listening to this podcast on Monday on your way to work. We all saw those teams that Joey Votto was playing with, right? The 14 through 18 run. He wasn't getting pitched to. Let's bring up the numbers. Tell me if this name isn't Joey Votto. We're talking about National League MVP, Gold Glove winner, six-time All-Star, seven-time on-base percentage leader, six-time walk leader, two-time OPS leader, three-time top MVP boat getter, 33rd all-time in on-base percentage, 48th all-time in OPS, and was the best hitter in his league in the 2010s. You can make the case that he was a top three hitter in baseball in the 2010s with the, between himself, Mike Trout, and Miguel Cabrera. 
I think a lot of people would be willing to agree to this. But to say this guy's not a Hall of Famer when in that top 33 and on base percentage, the only other guys who aren't Hall of Famers are either active players or Todd Helton, Barry Bonds, or Sheila Joe Jackson are in that group. Sounds pretty awesome. Uh, Rob Parker's whole conversation about, look, Rob Parker's a Cincinnati guy, right? Like this is a guy who worked here. He was in this area. He's going to talk about like, well, if he doesn't runners on second and third, why is he taking a walk and not swinging away? Like who was pitching to him? Who was pitching to Joey Votto in this run for him to get those pitches, to get those hits at that time? Tell me who was challenging Joey Votto when they're like, well, I could challenge Joey Votto or Patrick Keeblehan's on deck. And I'll give Patrick Keeblehan the at bat and take it take the bat out of Joey's hand. So he doesn't crush me. Pat, I agree. Someone does need to check Mad Dog's Hall of Fame Ill, uh, illiteracy. Especially when he says Zach Greinke was never a great pitcher. Zach Greinke was pretty phenomenal. Believe me, we played him quite a bit, his tenure in Milwaukee. We've seen this. Um, but why do we keep doing this? Why do we keep doing this Joey Votto Hall of Famer or no thing? Because he didn't have home runs and RBIs? Like, what is this? Um, you know, and the thing that Brian Kenny said that I absolutely loved was if he's talking to Rob Parker, he says, if a guy leads the league in batting average seven times, you're putting him in the hall of fame. So why is on base percentage worse than that? And Rob Parker goes, I'd rather have batting average than on base percentage. Do we remember these Brandon Phillips, like years where we'd hit like 284 and his on base percentage would be like 310. Was that really helpful to the big league club? So I know this is a tangent that we're going to have forever until the day comes that he is in fact inducted into Cooperstown, but I had to get all this out of there because it was driving me crazy seeing all this conversation. And uh, I'm just glad I have you people behind my back here to tell me that I'm not crazy uh, because Joey Vaught is a hall of famer. Let's stop debating it. And anyone who says no, doesn't know baseball. We'll just kind of roll with that. Shall we? Guys, uh, the Cardinals are coming to town tomorrow. And they're playing really well right now. And that sucks. They have overcome the Reds for last place in the Central. I think it might have to do with that episode that Nate was on with me. And we made fun of them um, and called them bums. Uh, well, since then, those bums have jumped into third place, winning eight of their last 10 games. So let's go ahead. And I'm going to say that Chad Jossett endorsed me. Joey is an HOFer for life. Can I mention one more thing about the Yankee series before we, before we move on, before we talk about the week coming up? I don't need to hear about Pete Rose anymore. I don't care if he's at the ballpark. I know there's an older generation who absolutely loves that era of Reds baseball, um, but he is a black guy on baseball. He is a black guy on this franchise. Stop promoting when he's in the stadium. No one cares. No one cares anymore. We don't need to see it. Let it go. I don't need to know he's sitting front row in the Yankees game and he has a conversation with Aaron Judge. I don't care. If anyone does care, that's fine. I understand Pete's a hero to many people. Let's move on. We don't talk about Johnny Bench as much and Johnny Bench was a better player. All right? So I'm just going to go ahead and go there. 
Let's talk about this week coming up. A couple central division matchups to get excited about, right, folks? And look, I was looking at the matchups for the Cardinals series, and did you ever think you'd see the day that the Reds and three of the four games had the better on uh, the better ERA against the opponent's opposing pitcher? Very small sample size for a couple of these guys, like one outing for one of them. Uh, so tomorrow, the uh, matchup is Brandon Williamson going against Jordan Montgomery, who is uh, rocking a solid 4.21 ERA at 2-6. Two and six. Tuesday, you've got Graham Ashcraft, 2-2, two and two, 484 ERA, going against the almighty Adam Wainwright of 1-0 and in a 5-7-4. Uh, Wednesday, you've got Ben Lively going at 1-2 of the 245, going against Steven Matz, 0-5 with a 5-0-5. And Thursday... The getaway game. You have Luke Weaver at one and two of the six forty fifty-four going against Miles Michaelis at two and one with a four seventy-seven ERA. So uh did you ever think you'd see today with the Reds at three of the four better pitchers in a series in a matchup? That's pretty cool. Uh granted, the Cardinals again are getting hot and playing really well right now. And you know, they love coming to GABP to right their wrongs. And I'm really hoping, you know, we can split this series. I'll be happy. Is that too much to ask? Take two out of four in this series? I guess we'll see. Uh, and then the Cubs series on Friday, they had the Wrigley. Hunter Green takes the ball on Friday. Obviously, with the loss today, 0-4, the 4.68. You know, we should put an asterisk next to that considering he had a game at Coors Field, like we should every pitcher who pitches there. Uh, against Justin Steele of the Cubs, who's had a really good year at 6-1 with a 2.44. Uh, Saturday, Brandon Williamson gets the ball. Uh, he is against a pitcher to be named. The Cubs have not announced that yet. And Sunday, we have Graham Ashcraft at 2-2 two and two with a 4.84 again, going against Drew Smiley, who also has been really good this year. Uh, this Cubs team is a team that we've talked about uh, when Chad was on the show, where no one knows what they're trying to do. Are they trying to win or not? I thought they had a really aggressive offseason for the most part, and then they kind of backed off. They've struggled of late, losing three of their last 10. But this is a stinky division, right? I mean, the Brewers are winning right now by with a with four games above 500. So we shall see how that goes. Um, and we're going to wrap up with this here. Uh, so it's a quicker episode on a Sunday night, and I love hanging out with you all. But uh, some personal news I'm really excited to share. Don't ever do this much on but uh, tomorrow is mine and my beautiful wife Grace's two-year wedding anniversary. Uh, so this is the episode I do where I get to celebrate and give a shout out to my wife, who is an amazing wife and mother to our beautiful daughter and keeps me afloat so I can do things like do late night reds with all my favorite people. So want to make sure I gave my wife all the credit in the world that she absolutely deserves and make sure we wish her a happy anniversary as we go out tomorrow. We will be downtown tomorrow. We just won't be at the Reds Cardinals game. Uh, so. Very excited, very excited to celebrate two years that she somehow dealt with me talking baseball all day. Uh, so you can't be, beat that, right? But hey, you know, it's just me this week. I got to ramble and talk about a few things. I had a lot of fun as always. Uh, be back to regular time next week. Also, I will make sure I shout out. If you are hanging out with us tonight, and you are, actually, JP, anniversary dinner is at Yard House. It's at Yard House. So I'm we're forking out the big bucks. You know. Uh might just get the smaller things on the menu, appetizers only. You know how we do it. Um, but please make sure if you're not already, patreon.com slash riverfront cincy. 
just a couple bucks at the minimum. And you can be in our Slack channel and hang out with us all day and talk baseball with us and movies. I started a collectibles channel. I got to start actually posting collectibles in there uh, so we can get that going as well. Uh, we got fantasy sports conversations in there. Are you subscribed to Chad Dotson's newsletter, his Substack? It's phenomenal. It's really good. And I think you should be subscribed. Chad had some big news in there this week if you didn't check it out. Really big news. Um, there's That's going to be a lot of fun. And then, of course, check out the Riverfront. Uh, they go live on Fridays for you all. Well, they record on Thursdays, go live on Fridays for you to listen to on the way to get you ready for the weekend. And, of course, check out our good friends, uh, Joe Farsing and Greg Demon at the Riverfront Bengals show if you are not already. Uh, Greg has been a friend of mine since I was a kid, so I'm really excited to have him here on the team. But with that being said, I'm going to go and close up shop. Thank you all for hanging out with me and spending your Sunday nights with me. I love, love, love doing this show with you all. Have a good night, and let's hope next week when we're back on, we have a better week to talk about. Let's go Reds. Take it easy, everybody. Bye.